0: My top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you're at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription, then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't so worry about change ups, the cast won't break up. Even with that million dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media, so welcome to the show, please take your seat, let's find out what he's got in store this week, who me, I'm Don Will, you're open to act, thanks for coming out, please clap. The Mundane Festival, with your host, Chris Lambert. Oh. everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lamberth, recording this on Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 701. Wow. My apologies, everyone, for being late, not doing a show last week. I was sick. I was busy, but mainly I was sick and I did not want you to have to deal with my vocal stylings being off kilter. Uh, The great JL Covan dragged me across the finish line for uh, episode 700 and I'm very thankful. That was a great episode. And I'm back. I'm healthy. I went to the doctor. That's the first time that I went to the doctor for being sick. I've, I do my checkups and everything. But for just being like, I, can't do this anymore. I need help. And and I had to take a COVID test. And they were able to see me. And she gave me um, some meds. And I I was quickly on the mend. And um yeah, so that that's good. I, I just got back from visiting my mother for about over a week and I did some stand up with my good pal Damian Lemon at the DC improv. What a great weekend. That was so much fun. Uh I had not done I did the lounge prior like last year with JL. We did a one-nighter and then a couple years before the before the pandemic in 2019, I, I did a weekend with uh, Paul Verze opening for him and uh, Andy Klein was also on the show and um, always had good experiences at the DC Improv. So I, I had a really good time. It was great to perform in front of uh, black people, major- predominantly black people. I love performing for everybody. But I will always say, I'll go to my grave saying doing stand-up in front of a black crowd is the greatest litmus test a comic can have. And uh, you just know, for me, I feel like you just kind of know where you're at. You know where your material is. If they laugh and accept it, it's it's always a great feeling. And I, I had a bit that I was doing. This is a good thing about working on a on a, a, a weekend, whether you're opening or headlining, you get to tweak the material and work on things and sometimes give things new life. Like the I would say out of the five shows that we did, my favorite was the Thursday night crowd, the Thursday night crowd for the first show and then the Saturday night. Actually, the the last show, Saturday night, I would say, was my favorite. The, la- the first and last show were my favorites. Um, and there was a bit that I was doing, a, that my black quarterback bit, that I, I got to add some stuff on to it because of the way, because of, I felt like I listened to, the audience and kind of let them. I don't know, we we were just we were just in sync with each other, myself in the crowd and. Um, a joke was able to grow, so I, I did. I appreciated that and um, it just felt good. It just felt really good. Um, there were some moments I didn't like, but it was it was mainly me. There were some parts where the some crowds were kind of weren't as great as the others and, it, and some some shows felt like work. Maybe one or two of my sets felt like work. But um overall I enjoyed it. Damien Lemons a fucking monster dude. He's one of my favorite comp. He's one of my favorite comics. I I just think that guy's just got great timing, witty. He can be silly but very Very, um, he's just very good, very smart, but still cool. He's one of those dudes that, that like personifies smart and funny. Not he's, I don't know. He's, he's great. He's, um, he's one of my favorite comics, uh, to watch and, and to work with. Uh, so it was, it was fun getting to watch him do a long set, do a headlining set and just tweak the material how it each night some of the same bits got better and better um as he you know worked on them. so his hour is going to be really sharp so whenever he's in your town go see him tell him i sent you if you listen to this show he's going to be in connecticut at city steam in hartford this weekend so if you're in the connecticut area go check him out it's it's um He's terrific. He's a terrific comic. Um, also, I will be next week on the 24th. I'm going to be at Zone 3 in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm excited. I'm headlining there. It'll be a fun night. looks like a Zone 3 is like a cool art space. By the time you get this, I'll put the link in my bio. Um, but yeah, if you just go to the website and uh, the 24th, I'll be there, uh, doing some, uh, doing some funnies. Is that what people don't say that I'll I'll be trying to make you laugh. If you come to that show, it's going to be a good time. And I felt it was good. It was good to do a bunch of sets back to back and like, get this. I'm ready. I'm ready, bro. I'm ready to fucking like. You know, turn on these laughs, bro. Get these, get the shit going. So I am excited about that. And hopefully uh, some spots will come uh, in the city and I'll get to get to work more. But that was that was a good time. And after the shows, uh, the last show on Saturday night, Lemon and I went to this place called Stan's Restaurant and Bar in D.C. It was maybe a maybe a seven minute walk or from the D.C. Improv and it's like Lemon was saying that one of his friends described it as like a black cheers and you go down these steps so it's like a basement uh, restaurant bar and we just got the chicken wings the chicken wings were terrific they were great Uh, it was almost like a carry out spot they give you the whole wings Um, I would go back that was it was really good Stan's restaurant on Vermont Avenue in Northwest DC, very good. They also have what they, they got: calamari, chicken tenders. Would have been nice to have the fries, but you know they we ordered some, but they didn't give it to us, so that we just canceled the order. But the chicken wings are great, and they give you uh, some mambo sauce because it's DC. Um. So I had a I had a good time being in D.C. doing the shows, getting to see my mother. Shout out to the great Bill Burr. So it was great uh, getting to do that as I had not been home in a couple in a, in a few weeks. So I was glad to be back. Um, so that was good. The Super Bowl, Super Bowl. We we uh, Patrick Mahomes got three of them. Legacy intact. You can't say shit about him. I do not want to hear uh, people saying that Josh Allen is is uh, better. I do not want to hear about uh, what's what Joe Burrow. I do not want to hear about any of his contemporaries being better than him. He's up there with Tom Brady. A lot of people are calling him Jordan. A lot of people are saying that he's the best that they've ever seen. So I you you have to now you have to now you, you got to let that go. He's he's one of the greats and he is black. And uh, I have a bit about that. That that you cannot negate Patrick Mahomes' blackness just because he has he's married to a white woman and has and drinks Bud Light. We are not a monolith. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I I was really happy about that. I was nervous. Uh, San Francisco kind of had that their Kansas City's uh, number when it comes to uh, just kind of running down their third. The defense, both defenses play well, but it just seems like Kansas City couldn't get much off. And they just gave, they had too much time on the clock. They, overtime included. But you can't give a legendary quarterback time on the clock. And he can't be the last person with the ball. Same as Tom Brady. But you know, now people are saying that the thing that Patrick Mahomes didn't do is he didn't beat Tom Brady. So um he can, you know, damn Yeah. Whatever. They're always gonna say something, but he's he's one of the greatest ever three Super Bowls. Now we got to see if we can get Lamar one. My thing is, I think we need a little more balance in the NFC as far as black quarterbacks are concerned. I think we need a little more on that side so we can have uh, more of a chance to have what we had last year, like Jalen hurts going at Patrick Mahomes. So I wouldn't be that nervous or uptight that is that is what I want. And I'm rooting for Lamar. I hope he can um I don't know. A lot of people said that was the better team. The the Bravens were a better team. And they were, and I did not see this coming. I didn't see not that it's weird that they made it it's a it's it's to Patrick Mahomes' credit that they got to the Super Bowl and they won because just looking at week one. I I was doing a show that night, but it was a Thursday opening night when they played Detroit and they lost and the guys were dropping the ball and it was like, Ooh, boy, I don't, I don't know about this chiefs, but they pulled through. They, they had a great season. They got a super bowl. I think that's to obviously the Patrick Mahomes is uh, credit, obviously to Andy Reid's credit, the coaching staff as well and those guys never giving up. So I I really uh I'm happy for him. If if uh and I think I might have said this before in a show, if Lamar can't do it, be rooting for him, but if if Lamar can't do it, let's get Patrick number 3 to um solidify his legacy. Um yeah, so I'm I'm happy about that. Usher Usher had a great Super Bowl halftime performance. Um, he's a generational great, and I think I tweeted that, folks. I think I tweeted that on Sunday. He has a lot of hits, but one of the issues, what it's not, it's a good problem to have. But I, I was listening to a show where they were saying, "Oh, you know, um, Usher has so many hits." When he got to the song that I wanted to hear. He was only in it for a couple of seconds and then he moved on to another one of his hits. I, un- I totally understand that. What I also realized, the only surprise for me was that he did Bad Girl and her came out playing the guitar or whatever. That was cool. But Bad Girl a, I like that song, but that's like a, that's a, that's almost like a B side. And I think that's on Confessions if I'm not mistaken I think it is on confessions I didn't have ushers discography up let me just say usher bad girl that is confessions because I see the album cover I was right I just remember liking that so that I just remember that being a a good song that I liked but I was just like oh that's kind of a b-side it's kind of an album cut all right I wasn't mad at it at the choice um Think of you. Somebody posted. I think it was Kel Mitchell posted like some, and I don't, I don't follow him. Not to say any talk bad about him or anything, but he he posted. And it's not saying anything bad. He just, I just saw where he posted about. He posted something about him congratulating Usher, and when Usher came on, all that like back in '94, he sung "Think of You," and that. I think maybe my favorite Usher song. I think it is. I think it is. I yeah, that that that's a great jam. I just I really like that. Uh so that it might be Think of you, you don't have to call You remind me more than, uh, you don't have to call. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in concert. Uh, I was the woman I'm seeing wants to see Usher and I, and she's like, oh, I'm going to get the tickets. I'm like, okay. You know, I, I, I want to see him, but, uh, I was looking at the ticket prices and I'm like, uh, I'm trying, I'm comparing it to Erica Badu and I'm like, Oh, that's not going to be the prices are going to be different, but um, I know it's going to be a good show. Uh, so I would, I would not mind seeing usher at all. And that's one of those things where like your, your girl he one good thing about not being rich is that Usher can't he's not going to go into the stands and try to hit on my girlfriend. But then I would be there. He he said don't you don't leave your girl around him. So it's like I'm not going to leave her side so you can you can talk to her but I'll be like hey I'm right here Usher and I'm way bigger than you. You're you're adorable to these women. I get it. I'm 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 secure enough in myself shit I, I probably would have a better time than she would at the show but I think it's I, I've seen him live and he puts on a hell of a show I went to that I've talked about this several times I've always argued that Usher's a generational great um, taking the torch from really from like obviously Michael Jackson but like Bobby Brown as well like just taking that taking that R&B guy to the next level and he's maintained it and the new album's good too I'll talk about music but I'll, since we're talking about Usher right now I'll just say I did listen to the new album going on going on to um, going down to DC uh to the show on Saturday afternoon and um it's good it's it's solid it's just like a yeah this is a good album it's Usher being Usher not trying to be young. It doesn't seem like he's trying to be something he's not, but then he has other people on the album, younger people doing their thing. So it's just like, I'm going to sing and do my thing. And you young people, you do your rap, you do your mumble raps or whatever, you know, he's great. He's one of the greats. I don't know how much of the new album he do at the show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he'd put on a terrific show. Be a good. I forget what he did before. I want to say he did like an MTV. Music Awards medley MTV or some some award show. I believe it was before the pandemic that was were, was really good. People were trying to hate people always, always try to hate, man. I was watching this video. One of my favorite things on the internet now are the our uh, children kids meeting their favorite athlete, particularly NBA uh, at NBA games. There's a great Stefan Diggs um, clip of him and who who plays with the Buffalo Bills that's obviously this is NFL. But I wanted to single out that one, too, now that I mentioned it. It's one where uh, Stefan Diggs and a a kid who recently lost his dad, uh, they had an interaction, and and Stefan Diggs got him some uh, cleats or some shoes or something that was really sweet, of like an a image of the little kid and his dad or something. Just really fucking sweet, and I, I love that shit. But there was one today that I saw where... Um, there there was in i guess it was in philly this kid who's like like a young teenager um getting to meet is it tyrese Maxey? i want to say it's tyrese Maxey. um it is tyrese Maxey. so um Tyrese Maxey, after the game, is like comes up to the kid, and the kid's crying. He's like, he's holding his baby brother, what seems to be his baby brother, and the kid's crying because he's happy to meet Tyrese Maxey. And um, I'm like, oh man, that's sweet. And I like, you know, like the picture. And then I'm looking at the comments. I'm like, oh, that's so great. Tyrese is a real one, blah, blah, blah. Then there's some people like, I don't know man I don't know who his parents are but you know this is this is when kids being raised without fathers and why the fuck are you gonna cry like this man this is, this is crazy I don't I don't get it um yeah it's just it's fucking it's weird and it and it's it's sweet I'm looking at it now it's actually on the page like when I googled him he just takes a selfie and he's happy I don't, it's it's cuz you you think like now the young kids don't have any emotions or they are you don't know what kind of effect like that has on that kid. That could change his life forever for in a positive way. Um I think it's really beautiful and sweet. So I I don't know. Like it's I don't know. It's 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 nice to me. Yes, yeah, like somebody somebody with a decent heart said all it takes this is on x on fucking not, it's twitter all it takes is a 10 second interaction to give someone a smile and memory that will last a lifetime i like that you could be on the downside on the negative side and say like you see a lot of these kids that are fucking court sized, like they're they're rich they're never gonna but they're kids they don't that that's their life they don't know and it looks like this and the little kid is the baby he's holding which looks like his little brother is crying. And it seems like he's by his grandfather or something. But it's just nice. It's just pleasant. This world is is like you can look at any anything and and know or think that this world is going to fucking shit with the war, you know, overseas and all this crazy shit, fucking club Shay Shay. <laughs> people fighting and shit all the time and it that it's fucking sweet. It's nice. It's nice. I, I, I don't know, man. It's good to see. But then there's always somebody that's gonna gonna shit on something. But that's just people that are uh that are people that are just like negative and they're they're sad. But you'd think something sweet would make the sad person happy, you know? That's what I think. That's what, that's what you know... I don't know. Um, you know what I do want to do? So we talked about DC Improv, some chicken at a bar, Super Bowl, Usher. I think those tickets are going to be really expensive. Um... I'm excited for it I, I would go that would be in a, a nice a nice fun thing to do um Grammys I, I man I killer Mike that's the only album that I listened to really that was in contention and I did and I think I only listened to it one time and I knew that that's like that's the best album uh that's the best rap album and it's and then he got arrested that same night and a lot of bomani jones said it best when he was talking about the grammys and acceptance from white people they're never gonna respect you and i think he talked about that a week or two ago and it's really great he said it on the right time but um it did make me think about that And it's something that folks have been talking about at least in the podcast community that i'm uh associated with it's been talked about before like watch the and and the i think either the bet or the naacp image awards i saw where they had an instagram post about come where you're celebrated go where you're celebrated it's great to get those awards it's great to get if you can get them and i'll never uh tries to stop chasing them white people's awards. If you could get, if I got an Oscar nomination or a golden globe or something like that, I would love to get it. But I, I don't, I understand. They don't always respect what we do and people kind of build themselves up to get disappointed. And I try to, I don't know. I, I don't really, I love to see as many of the films that I can, during award season and make predictions on who will pick with my friends and stuff like that but i just take it i just leave it there you kind of know the the history is them not really appreciating it your work and people of color in that regard sometimes they do but but it me- it does mean something because it's an industry award People associated with that movie get to work more, they get to be involved in more projects. Just taking the the actors, the people who are at the forefront of these films, people that, and the crew, I worked on Killers of the Flower Moon and then I worked on Barbie and then, like these people can get employed, you know, because of their work or writing for this show that that almost ensures them more work. So from that standpoint, it's like, if you can get it, get it, but don't, but don't dwell on it. Don't make that like the end game, make the end game good work. Cause a lot of times, years from now, people aren't going to remember that, but I'll be damned if I wouldn't want on my obituary Oscar winner, Chris Lambert dies at 98. You know what I'm saying? That would be great. That would be awesome. That would be a great achievement. That's that's what you play the game for. That's an actor's Super Bowl. That's an entertainer Super Bowl. You know, and and the EGOTs, the, the Emmys, uh, Grammys, Oscars, Tony. Those are superior awards. But like I said before, before at before I started, I mean earlier in this episode, just being accepted by your people or by the people means a lot too. And I don't have any, um, I'm not up for any awards, but as a performer to get that, to have that, it's nothing like it, man. I just felt so good. I felt so good doing those shows. It just felt great. Just this connection. Like it, it, it's just, it's magical. It's magical when you have a connection like that. Um, It's nothing like it. So I just say don't don't forget that people who are entertainers and stuff that listen. Uh, And obviously, I'm I'm referring to like Jay Z said, Beyonce didn't win anything. She never won a album of the year. You know, she should. It's not, it's clearly not fair. So, I wonder if Kanye doing that at the MTV Awards just kind of made Taylor Swift an even bigger star. I don't know. Who knows? Um, oh, let's, I got a, I actually got some feedback. I got an email. I'll read some of it. Cause I think he, the, he gets to a point towards the end where he's actually asking me a real question. So this is from Ka. So Ka sent this on February 7th and I did not have a show to write back. Okay. So let's, let's go through this feedback. This is going to be long. And Kai, it's not long. I I think it's fine. It's a fine length. If you wanted to go longer, you could have if you wanted to. All right, here we go. Hey, Chris, I just got done listening listening to episode 697 with Tim Hall. This is about the 13th time I've heard you comment on how nobody writes in angry face angry emoji tim is one of my favorite guests because i'm from the seattle area and it's great to hear him reference events and places that are familiar to me happy emoji face to answer his question about what the experience is like being in a town with a booming sports team i'm not into sports but it's weird around 2013 when the seahawks were doing great all of a sudden everyone was into football People even had Seahawks references in their work email signatures. This was strange because I grew up with a couple of guys who love the Huskies, Mariners, and Seahawks. To this day, they support Washington sports teams. Whether things are doing, were doing good or bad, they supported them 1,000%. While you are easily in my top 10, I like to save up months of episodes of my favorite podcasts and binge them. He talks about the podcast he likes, and then he says, "I do not know if it would be weird for me to comment on a Fat Boy Corner four months later." Laughing emoji face. I don't mind. I don't mind that. And then he says, "Also, I'm getting ready to get HBO Max for a month and go through Lou, The Last of Us with your recaps, of course." Um, cool, man. There's no pressure to do that, but. There was um, my eye doctor, uh, before he even told me about my eyes, he said, told me about how much he enjoyed uh, Brickmasters with myself and the great Dr. Veronica Paredes, how he li- loved that and loved The sh- the Last of Us. So that was neat. Um, and then he asked me about Sketchfres. Have I heard of this podcast? I've not heard of the podcast. I've heard of Janet Varney, but I have not heard of her podcast. Um, And then he says, it's great to hear your new day job is going well and that you're out here breaking hearts. I don't know that I've been breaking hearts. My heart's been broken. Uh, what I'd like to know is how has your therapy experience been? Well, Ka, I would say it's pretty fucking great. I recommend therapy for. Any and everyone I think you should be. I I think I've been doing it for a little over two years and it's been helpful. It's been really helpful to talk to someone about my issues and what I could do to fix them and um, someone to just listen to me. Uh, So it's and and I think it's helped me. I think it's helped me in relationships and um, to try to take the things that have happened to me and not like, you know, dump them on someone else in my life, whether it be a family member or friend or a partner or whatever it may be, um, and just try to meet people where they are. And uh, yeah, it's been great. It's, it's really good to have someone to talk things out with. So I, I highly recommend it if it's something that you you're looking to do, especially. Don't be like me and wait till you have a loss in your life or it's never a bad time to start therapy, but I think it would have been more helpful. It would it would have been helpful to me to to be talking to someone even when things are going pretty good, even when you're not having experienced uh a tragedy, a personal tragedy like losing a parent. Even though it's something that's uh inevitable, it's something that we all have to do, but uh I that would be my advice. If you're thinking about doing it, do it. If you got it, especially if you got good insurance, you might as well do it. Um if you take medicine for when you have a headache, you can you can talk to somebody when you are feeling anxiety or anything if you're feeling bad so mental health um it's good to take care of that you know so i I recommend it and it has been good for me i think i'm a better person for it um and we did get a a review um i don't i don't always check these So I I I missed I missed this. So I'll read it now. Let me I'm pulling it up on my phone here. So let's see. Okay, this this message was. This message was sent on January 14th from AJ Gaiman. AJ underscore Gaiman. Norths. This this guy says a guy or gal says north side N A W F, S I D E. So I guess that's supposed to be the north side, but it's north side. He or she says, I know you. I know you're not Houston born, but you stay repping the H whenever it's po- questionable. Whenever it's questionable situation, and I appreciate that. Well, it's a five star review. I don't know what what this person is talking about. Maybe it's, uh, I have no beef against Houston. Uh, maybe it's, maybe because I root for, I root for CJ Stroud because he's a black quarterback. I'm not sure, but I don't know if, I don't know if this review was meant for, <laughs> was meant for the show, for this show in particular, but I will take, uh, positive feedback either way. I'm not, I'm not mad at it at all. Um, yeah, so we did talk a little bit about white acceptance. I think I that was a thinly veiled thing about white acceptance, but I, I know this because of um, just always go back to being in the theater scene in Chicago in the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s, and um, just how like all the big theater companies would do a black play during Black History Month, And then they would only do a little bit throughout the year. But then um, if you're doing something that's not in Black History Month and it's a black show, it's not really thought of that much. Or they try to downplay it or make it like it's second tier. When I'll always say that uh, black art is some of the best out there, regardless of who's in power and who's making the decisions That's where, to me, I see some of the best work. And I'm not going to, not really going to waver from that. Do I like white artists? Of course I do. But I still think that there's strong work. That's why I like to make a point. I make it a point to when I go see plays that there's a black cast. Usually. That's what I like to do because I like to see what's out there. And it's not just not just the August Wilson stuff. I'm really starting to become a fan of uh, Dominique Morisau and her work. She's a black playwright. And um, I, I just like to focus my attention on that because. It's what I like, it's a preference thing, but it doesn't mean that I won't go see stuff with white folks in it. You know, my reviews, I watch everything, I watch everything as much as I can in the theater and I watch all kinds of movies, so you can't say I'm racist. Uh, I just have a preference when I go see plays. Unless one of my friends is in something. Like when I saw my homie uh, Scott Stanglin in Shucked, I was like, oh, my friend's in it. I want to see it because I want to support. We went to school together, and he's very talented. And, uh, you know, that's that's how I roll. So not hashtag not racist. Chris, Chris is not racist, okay? But I just don't, I don't like the fact that, um, black art sometimes is, uh, what do you, how do you say it? Played to the left. A lot of times that's, that's kind of like old guy talk. Now I don't think that's in the, that's not in the zeitgeist. That's not in the vocab anymore. Uh, but you just treat it as second class, but you know, in, in, it's a microcosm of this American slash Western society. So I think in a lot of ways, people probably see it that way. But then at the same time, our art, our culture is, um, what do you say? Vulturized? The uh, people other folks uh, like our shit and try to emulate it and try to steal it. But it's, what is it? What did Paul Mooney say? Everybody want to be a nigga, but they don't want to be a nigga. Something like that. It's one of those things. I just don't feel like chasing white acceptance. I want to be liked By everybody, but I don't want to lose who I am or where I come from just to be accepted by people like to. I'd like it to be done on my own terms, on my own terms. And I think that. um, I like the way it's going for me. Would I like it to to accelerate a little bit? Of course I would. Yeah, but uh, I'm working on that. I'm working on myself and I think. Incremental success is better than no success. I can, I can sleep pretty well at night. Uh, and know that the things that I've done, I'm, I'm proud of. And, uh, it, it does make me feel good. So it was nice to have that type of weekend and, uh, doing comedy and just thinking about that stuff that, um, about the Jay-Z Beyonce. Um, yeah, I think Bomani put that in, in, uh, great perspective about that. And it's something that's been said, like I, Rod and Karen have been talking about it too a lot, talking about this shit for years though, really. Um, but it was, it was, it was good to see this. You think that somebody being so rich and wealthy wouldn't want to, I don't want to say like kowtow, but just be like, hey, like us, you know, weird a little bit. I do want to say, I read a book, you guys. I read a book, uh, and, um, I hope to have this, the author of the book, uh, on the podcast really soon. I am not going to, I'm not gonna, um, how do you say I'm not going to guarantee, but there's things in the works and I want to uh, recommend it's Morgan Campbell. It's friend of the podcast. My fighting family borders and bloodlines and the battles that made us um, It's his memoir. And I think I might have been talking about it um a couple of episodes ago, but I, I read the whole thing. I, I started it on my trip to San Francisco and I I was waiting to, to leave the airport from Jersey to San Fran, read some on the plane and then pretty much finished it um, on my, on my almost, I think I might've finished it before I got on the plane. <coughs> I don't know. I'm on the plane to go back to Jersey but i was crying in the airport man it's so good it's terrific um i hope i hope you get a chance y- you need to buy this thing my only thing is hold on and i'm back my only thing is that i think i want to go back and buy the audio book because morgan does the audio book and i listened to a little snippet i was like oh that's cool it'd be nice because i've been enjoying listening to memoirs at least on in audiobook form and um i think it would be good to go back and and uh Experience the the book with Morgan telling a story. But it's great. I mean, if you're, you know, Morgan's been a friend of this podcast for years. And one of the reasons that he hasn't been on was because he was writing the book. So. Time well spent, dude. You know, I, I'm we're. We're circling him to get him on. I, I my only my fear was that he'd be too famous off this and he wouldn't come back on the show. But uh, we're working we're working some stuff out and uh, hope to have him on soon. But I recommend if you're into if you're into books and memoirs and you want to support a friend of the podcast, go get my fighting family, borders and bloodlines, and the battles. That made us. Um, that's my book recommendation. I wanted to I wanted to make sure I talked about that. Um, let's get into some TV. And then we'll do some Muzak and movie recommendations. All right. We'll give you one TV show. Raising Canaan is over for season three. It was a great season. Very compelling. Um appointment TV even though it's streaming uh I usually watched episodes if I woke up early if I woke up at like 5 a.m I just turn on the app and um, watch uh, I love I love the show I think it's my favorite I think I might have said this when I was on boss show on uh, what you've been watching or I might have said it here raising Canaan is probably my f- I think it's my favorite other like take of the three books. You take a take out original OG power. I would say Raising Canaan ghost and then uh, Tommy also, you know, black people just call it Tommy, but book four force. So I would go, I'd go uh, book three, book two, book four, but it was a good season. Um, Nice surprise at the end. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But I will say, the one show I re- highly recommend, and it's it's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I I was excited for this one because of the addition of Maya Erskine. I always already knew Donald Glover was going to be great. I, I was su- surprised at the pairing of Phoebe Waller-Bridge. There's nothing against her. I like Fleabag and they had differences to why, as to why the show didn't go with them. But I'm glad it worked out the way that it did because I loved Maya Erskine from Pen15 is where I first heard about her. And then she was in this movie that's now kind of getting some some buzz or it's now like back on streaming. Let me, let me get the name of that movie. It's a rom-com. Uh, plus one 2019 rom-com with uh, Jack Quaid is uh, really good. And now I think that's playing on, that's on, might be on Netflix, I believe. But it's streaming somewhere. So if you're, if you're into Maya Erskine and you have a little crush on her, like I do, uh, it's worth, it's worth checking out. But I just knew that you know, Pen Fifteen, it's an acquired taste because it's these women playing uh, teenagers and they're interacting with actual junior high teenage kids. That uh, they don't get freaky or anything, or but dudes couldn't do that shit. And I don't, I don't think that I'd want to see that anyway. But women can; they can get away with it. Anna Conkle and Maya Erskine got away from it, got away with it. And it was also very endearing and they made it sweet. Like you really feel for these characters and you want them to win. So that's, that's, um, that's, a that's hard work in my opinion to, to, to be able to pull that off. So that was how I heard of her, uh, of her work. And um, I really like her. So I was just kind of like, I was like, fuck yeah, that's going to be great. They're both, they have like, seem like they have interest. Like they both went to NY, they both went to NYU. They just have, seem to have like similar comedy sensibility. So it was just like, cool. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. I already love Donald Glover. I love Maya Erskine. This, the chemistry that these two have, it's, It's amazing. It's it's really good. They have great chemistry together. The dialogue is great. The, the 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 so, you know, the writing is awesome. Um so like Donald Glover also obviously the EP Francesca Sloan, who I believe is the creator, she created it with Donald Glover. Um yeah, it's good. It's 8 episodes the ending's kind of open ended and and one of the things i appreciate about this too is that the action's really good the violence is is good it's palpable it's like oh shit this is uh this is some shit this is they're in in some shit you know so i like i appreciate that um it just works for me on on every every the, the cameos are good um it just works for me. There's one episode that's really good. The therapy episode is well done. I don't know if this is what people kind of point to when they. Um, I don't know if I've, I I kind of peeped this on the low where there's an episode six, the couples therapy episodes like really good. But, yeah, I'd say that's up there with probably. Maybe one of the best episodes. I don't know. I might have to rewatch, but I, I really do enjoy it. It'd be nice if they came back. If this was a standalone, fine. And I don't remember who I was talking to about. And this might have been off, like an off-mic conversation, but it's nothing bad. But just talking to um people about what's the show. The idol that people shitted on they didn't like from last year. It had potential. It, it was slick and everything, but it just didn't work. Um, just seeing it as an entire a whole piece of of this, you know, the whole series. Um, Amy Simons, who was supposed to work on that show, directed two episodes of of this series, and she directed the couples therapy episode. So she had some involvement. You know, I just wanted to point that out because I remember, I don't remember who I was talking to about the idol, but just being like, yeah, I know she was supposed to be in it and she's done like a lot of good work and worked on a lot of good shows and movies. And it's like, it's a shame because if she was on the show, that probably some of that stuff probably could have been fleshed out on the idol and they might have gotten either the full a full season or it might have gotten more acclaim. So that's that's and Amy Simons is white, okay? And she helped out on this black show. Again, not racist. So there you <laughs> there you go. She happens to be white. Um so Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I recommend it. I think it's uh it's great. Like if you like Donald Glover's work, I mean I'm just a fan of this dude. I hope I get to work with this brother one day. I hope I get to the point where I can work with this dude on a on a um, substantial level. I, I really enjoy his stuff from the music, from the Derek comedy stuff um, to this now, you know, especially, obviously Atlanta, you know. Um, all right, let's do some music. I already talked about Ushers coming home. I enjoyed that. Um, Cy Smith, who's in the foreign exchange camp. She has an album called uh, she's collaborated with them a lot. She also did uh, uh, background for one of my other favorite artists, St. Vincent, uh, at least for the daddy's home tour, I believe. Um, she's got an album out called Until We Meet Again. Very like adult, contemporary, groovy. She's great. It's a it's a very good album. Um, I recommend listen you listen to that. Uh, Blue, one of the most pro- prolific MCs out there, one of my favorite MCs. This this side of the new millennium has one of the greatest uh, hip hop debuts under under uh, Illmatic. I would say. Obviously, people will say go to their graves and say Illmatic is the greatest um hip hop debut or just maybe the possibly the greatest debut from any artist but at least in the hip hop genre it's considered the greatest below the heavens is up there for me um i think it's fantastic so um this work that he did with this with this uh producer named Royal it's not let's see how long it's not even I remember listening to that. uh, Going to one of the shows might have been Thursday night, Friday night, 19 minutes, eight songs, 19 minutes. It's good. It's just it's just rapping ass, rapping really good production. Um, I dug it. I dug it a lot. And Blue's one of my favorites. He's just constantly putting out stuff, constantly kills it. And it's a it's a good time. Let's see if, if I had anything. And I think that might be it with the music. Do I, can I look on my iTunes, my Apple music and see. I listened to some of the uh Vultures album. I didn't I didn't finish it, but uh what I heard sounded good. The Ty, Ty, Kanye West and Ty Dollar sign. That sounded that sounded good. Um I think that's it for Muzak. So that that's three things you could listen to: Usher, Cy Smith, Blue. Um, Let's do a movie and get out of here. I have not been to the movie theater since I saw Mean Girls, and that is my world is out of alignment because of that. Because I've not been to the theater, huh? To see to the, I have not been to the cinema so i'm gonna to try to rectify that sometime this week but i've got some stuff cooking that i wanna do patreon folks do not fear you'll have some content i have not forsaken you or forgotten you i have some stuff cooking if not especially if not this month next month i'll have something for you that will debut and uh Hope, hope, Hopefully, well, I'm stuttering. Hopefully you like that. But for now, uh, I'll give you a movie review. And I saw this flick last night called Suncoast that's streaming on Hulu. Uh, and I'll read you the blurb here. While caring for her brother, along with her audacious mother, a teenager strikes up an unlikely friendship with an eccentric activist, who is protesting one of the most landmark medical cases of all time. This movie is is directed by Laura Chen. I believe this is her debut. Um, This movie stars Nico Parker. Recently, she was Sarah in The Last of Us. Laura Lenny, Woody Harrelson. Those are the three stars. They're on the poster. Uh, I really like this one. So, Nico Parker, she's obviously a nepo, baby. She's the daughter of Tandiwe Newton, who's an amazing actress, and she takes after her mother. She can act her ass off. It was good. She's really sweet. As Sarah in uh, The Last of Us, That was the, I think that might have been the first time I saw her in something. But um she's really good in this. So she plays a teenager. Her brother is essentially he's 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 on he's about to pass away and they take him to a hospice. He's her older brother, and she's kind of been looking at she has been looking after him for most of her life and taking care of him. And her mother seems to just kind of like just be in her own world. And it's not really recognizing what, what Nico is. I should get the character. What Doris is doing. Doris Nico plays Doris and Laura Linney plays Christine. And so she's not really paying the attention to the, the help that she's given. So she's like, she's essentially her brother's caregiver. Her mother works at a restaurant trying to make ends meet. And they're living in a, uh, a little house down in Florida and they're taking him the movie opens when they're about to take him to hospice so he can die peacefully and under care of, you know, medical professionals and um, she's dealing with that and just her mother's just not really acknowledging her because she's so focused on her son who's dying and who has special needs and and just everything else. So she just kind of... She neglects her. and uh, But she is sending her to a Catholic school. And uh, this is around... I want to say this is 2005-ish. It's in the early 2000s. Because I looked up Terry... Because they didn't say right away. They didn't. It, she died. I'm just looking at when Terry Shivo died. And, and for those of you that don't remember... Terry Schiavo was a famous case. Uh, The about on Google says Terry Schiavo, a 41 year old Florida woman who was in a persistent vegetative state for the 15 years before her death on March 31st, 2005, was at the center of a political, legal and media tempest over the removal of a feeding tube. So that's who she was. And this was. This had to be, so that's why I assume this had to be 2005 because dramaturgically speaking, being a nerd, <clears throat> a theater slash movie nerd, uh, they had a fat back TV. One of the kids that go to Doris's high school had a, a Motorola razor phone. Um yeah, so it was just it it was it was like I, I'm gonna say, say two thousand five, and um, yeah, it was it was good. And then it, it this kind of reminded me, and especially with uh, the Woody Harrelson role, reminded me of this film called The Age of Seventeen, with one of my favorite white starlets, uh, Haley Steinfeld, where she plays a teen who's going through shit. And Woody Harrelson's kind of like her mentor. Um, so that's and this was uh, loosely based on the director, Laura Chin's life. Um, I gave it four stars. I, I like a good just a good solid story. I like the take on the friends that she had. Uh, I liked that dynamic. I like that there was one friend that was jealous and I may I immediately didn't like her. Uh, so she did her part well. Um, yeah, I just like that the dynamic of the friend she had didn't, uh, take a turn that I thought it was going to take. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, it's nothing that you can really spoil, but you should definitely watch this movie. I, I really did like it. I was excited that I was like, oh, cool. This was a Fox searchlight film, which is, um, which Hulu houses on you know the movies that you know this is a movie that would have gone to the theaters in another time. Um, I would have gone to see this because I went to the theater to see uh, the Edge of Seventeen. Uh, but definitely, if you're a double feature person, um, you could double feature this. I I uh, I think I was joking with a friend who's also in their forties where I said, Yeah, you could make X and X a double X and Y a double feature night, but you might not make it through. So you would just watch them you'd watch one of them on Friday and the next one on Saturday. I forgot how I made it made a joke out of it, but like yeah, it's just a different thing. Edge of seventeen was twenty sixteen. Um also one of my favorite white starlets, two Haleys. Haley Lou Richardson was in this one. This was before uh, she was in Columbus, but yeah, I recommend it. I think you would like it. It's a nice uh, family drama. and I think you you dig it. All right folks, so that is that's it for this week. How much have I talked? I have talked over an hour. I miss talking to you all. Um, I'll try to be more consistent in the future, but their life happens. And when life happens, you have to adapt. And I didn't want to be give you another sick, sick boy podcast. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate you all. And I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.